0: Scott Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by the ever-unpredictable Detron Edwards and the mythical, diabolical John L. Fellas, what's
1: up? What's good? What's up? What's up, Scott? What's up? Ain't nothing, man. How was your week, John? It's been a while, man. Ah, man, the week was fantastic, Scott. The week was absolutely fantastic. Let me tell you, man, I know you've been checking out the Facebook page. I know you've been seeing all the traffic. Crazy. But, man, I cannot... State the amount of love that we've been getting on that Facebook fan page. Mm -hmm. I mean, every time I turn around, somebody's commenting on something, somebody's sharing something. My phone is steadily going off because that Facebook fan page, and I freaking love it. That's what's all about. You know what I mean? So,
0: So clearly, like we said a few episodes ago, hip hop is not dead. Am I wrong? You are not
1: wrong at all.
2: Hell nah, game boy. Let's listen here. I, I just i, I just came back in the building for a second my, 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 my nephew said that I, that I can come on here and talk for a second because i y'all owe me some moonshine because uh, you know uncle damon had something 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 wait a minute you know i had to get that I, I had something to do with it <laughs> all this all this information that y'all passing and, and y'all getting to the internet and, and y'all it, you know where the girls at that's so all i got the vibe there and i, I want to see one because i know there's some fans out there uncle damon so <laughs> You, i'm a warrior girl i'm a warrior in the bedroom so you bring it on now i i, I give me give me give me a little bit of the, of the viagra and uh a t- some of some of the moonshine and girl we can get it we can get it going we've been waiting but, for you over there we've been waiting for you where you been that, that that's not your business why are you in my backyard looking at my lawn furniture <laughs> i don't ask you what you're doing <laughs> on the toilet don't ask me okay.
3: i'm to stir my kool-aid you
1: are bad. Uh, We 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 just missed you. That's all. I mean, we enjoy when you come on and talk to us. And the last time. You know we talked to you it was a while ago so we were just asking that's all
2: yeah yeah, yeah. I, I miss you too with every bullet so far you know, young <laughs> nigga but uh, let me tell you something don't, don't, don't be sitting it. y'all y'all don't understand i ain't come on here for no foolishness. i came on to see about see the young girls y'all said you got t-shirts out there that's moving mm-hmm. i know uncle demon like i said demon demons the, the w is for warriors spelled the w-d-e-m-o-n uh oh, oh.
1: It's, it's for don't hurt yourself. Man.
2: And, and, what? You public school <laughs> education, son of a bitch. But uh let me let me let me get on out of here now. But like I said, send you young girls, y'all y'all tell them y'all love Uncle Demon out there. And you, you let me on in sometime. All right, y'all brothers, y'all, y'all be cool uh, now, y'all young brothers. You be good. And, uh, I, I I'll probably see y'all around Christmas or New Year's God willing if I say that long. Well, All right now, y'all y'all be cool. We hope so. All uh, right. I <laughs> yo I can't I can't man. I can't man dad we're buying you a lock Yeah, man <laughs> listen man I told him he can get on and say hello I didn't know he was gonna go all out damn <laughs> uh, that's a that's a wild boy right there yeah how old how old is uncle demon exactly he won't tell me. <laughs> he, won't. <laughs> he got a hole in his natural. He will not tell me. Just like he broke on you, he breaks on me. <laughs> that dude, he snapped on you quick. <laughs> yeah. <actually>, you no know. <laughs> Yeah,
4: right?
0: So what's up, Desron? Yeah, yeah. How you been, man?
2: Oh, chilling, man. Chilling. Enjoyed, uh, enjoyed this past week. Some of y'all that uh, may have viewed the page, uh, viewed my uh, Twitter account, anything, you know, I had a great uh, time this past week spending time with... Uh, the lovely and talented, funny Monique, the everlasting jokester, uh, Bruce Bruce. You also got my man, Earthquake. Uh, he, tore, he tore the house down behind the scenes when we were in the back in the green room and stuff. And uh, my man, Capone, that dude right there, the stuff he wore on stage this past week killed it. And I didn't know, but he also has his own lotion. It's called Capotion. <laughs> I, and I'm not joking. I swear to God, it is his own lotion. If y'all can go to his fan page, Capone's fan page, you tell him that, that you got to use my, my old name because people are still not used to my real name yet. But they use Hostile. Tell them Hostile sent you and you want some of that Capotion. I think it's like $10 a bottle. But let me tell you something, man. That stuff smelled great. And it was working good. I was like, "Dag, man, mm. this stuff is good. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to uh, catch up with my boy. Uh, we came in the game together, Smokey Suarez. I got a chance to hang out with him. And uh, a shout out to my man, the grown man stuff, Tone X, who came up from North Carolina this past week. So yeah, I had a great time hanging out with all those people. And I had a ball this past week, but in March, I'll be in uh, in a show at a, a big-time African-American convention out in uh, Hanover, New Jersey. So definitely, definitely, it's been a great thing. The page, the love, all that stuff, great. Now, please show my Uncle Damon love, because if you don't, he's going to keep coming back on here, bothering and me wanting some women and some liquor. Show the man some love. All right.
0: Got you. All right, then. So I'm not really, really one to look in the rearview mirror, right? But um, let me
1: ask you guys something. What do you think about last week's episode? Straight fire. Mm -hmm. Straight fire. Mm -hmm. What did he say? Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. (laughs) Just simply because, man, LL (laughs) put it down in such a way Mm -hmm. back with radio and the longevity of his career has cemented him as the if one of the greatest hip-hop artists of all times. I mean, and I like the question that you brought up, Scott. You know, I've had a couple of people even come at me, um, you know, on a face-to-face level mm-hmm. and say to me, you know, I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. And when you had brought up the fact in 2000, LL dropped the goat and nobody went at him, mm-hmm. I mean, you had some, you know, some heavyweights. You know, you had the Jay Zs that was out there. You know what I mean? You had a lot of different cats who were out at that time, who could have tried to make a push at him, saying, "How are you to go?" Right. But like you said, everybody just acquiesced and just everybody it was everybody just parted respect and let, right. it was just 100 percent respect so yeah. you know in that episode numbers is going crazy yeah
0: yeah i mean i think you know what you're saying bridges right into i think the response to our episode i mean if you look at the description of the podcast we posted it into the page you know we kind of put some of those same questions into the description but there's some educated brothers and sisters on that page man you know what i'm saying like when we have discussion. I mean, we go, I mean, we go in on some topics. It ignited, you know, the respect again for LL. I think of all the episodes that we've done, and I'm, you know, I think that was one of my favorites right there.
2: Listen, I'm going to just say it clearly like this, and I take it away from a listener and a fan of the Facebook page. It kind of shocked me at first, but then it made me respect what he said and made me feel at the same time we're reaching the masses and we're giving them something to think about because this dude sat back he sat up there and said LL is the hip hop what Michael Jackson is to R&B and I was like whoa hmm. that's a statement for you right yeah. there whoa I had to agree with
0: but well, check it out fellas one of the one of my favorite things about doing this podcast as a whole is After we finish an episode, right? I mean, this is like kind of the behind the scenes stuff that really nobody knows about. As soon as we finish the episode, right? What's the first thing we do? We start talking about what we're going to do next. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but we never disagree or we never argue about who it is that we're going to do. Like one of us just kind of throws out an artist, one of us. And then we just kind of say, yeah, of course we're going to do it. So we all have the same... Perspective. We all have the same love for the game and we all understand who's important and who needs to be discussed. Which brings me to this week. The group Outkast, in my opinion, is one of the most important hip-hop groups of all time. And the reason why I say that is because while the Ghetto Boys opened the door for Southern Hip-Hop, Outkast came from such a different direction. They just blew the door off the hinges with it i don't know if you guys remember but back in 94 late 93 when outcast jumped on the scene people wasn't feeling it do you guys remember that
1: oh yeah i i mean i remember a little bit of the backlash i mean i was feeling them from the door mm-hmm. but then again i had just came home from the marine corps for the most part mm-hmm. so i had been exposed to a lot of different hip-hop from a lot of different regions just by knowing the different cats from down south, from from the Atlanta, from Florida, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Florida with their Miami base and every, you know, so because it was, a, you know, the the military, especially the Marine Corps is a melting pot of just individuals and you're living together. So you're going to share music that's just natural. So I was, you know what I mean? So to me, it was, to me, it was hot from the door, Mm -hmm. but I definitely heard all the feedback that you're talking about.
0: Yeah, I mean, Big Boy and Dre being from atlanta i mean they had that that southern twang that i don't think we were used to hearing you know the first time i heard outcast i was in hampton university down and down and down in virginia and before i even heard outcast one of the things that endeared me to hampton was i was now amongst a group of people that sounded exactly like my grandfather <laughs> you know what i mean and so when i heard players ball which was their first release their first single and um my freshman year at Hampton Homecoming, Outcast and Brian McKnight were the ones that showed up to do homecoming. We got a chance to see them live. I was on it, man, I was on it. I wasn't among those people that thought that Outkast was whack. Even though a lot of the New York cats on campus wasn't feeling them, I thought they were dope. I thought they right, were dope as right. man.
2: man. Uh, listen, the dudes <coughs> in Jersey, as soon as we saw their first one that uh, with the cadillacs and some coming up that slamming cadillac dope man listen that right there that took it away for us mm-hmm. we was like who are these dudes right here especially dre sitting up there with the kangol he took it back mm-hmm. to the 83 84 years with that kangol on laid back in the car with a atl you know jersey on i was like whoa who is these dudes and you listen to it mm-hmm. man listen compared to where they are now yeah they're more intelligent now they've grown a lot more in the game now but back then they had flow it was a little bit more aggressive but they had flow so i was
1: feeling no doubt and you know what the funny thing is when they when they first popped i just naturally assumed they were connected to jermaine dupree you know what i'm saying it was just it was just like a natural assumption Mm -hmm. i had no idea that they were not a part of his crew
2: listen let's let's be clear about one thing the dungeon family when they exploded with them and then put all the rest of their groups out, they were straight beasts. The beats, the lyrics, everything. beast. I agree. I
0: agree 100%, man. And I got to tell you, my first exposure to, to them, to Outkast, and, you know, the Dungeon Family Collective as a whole, again, my freshman year at Hampton, you know, they had a function at the Student Center, right? And uh, Outkast was going to perform live. Now, you remember, back then, this is... Early '94, so they didn't even drop this right, album. Right. All they had was Players Ball. That's all they had. You know what I mean? And um, they were they were they were um, demoing or they were trying Southern Playlist to Cadillac Music. That single. Pretty sure it was that one. But anyway, we were there watching them, and Dre and Big Boy came out in the gymnasium. I mean, nobody really knew who they were. I would think maybe 50% of the stadium or other place knew who they were. You know, people were there to see Usher. Usher at that point was like 15, 16 years old. He's a little fat, little chubby, little kid. You know what I mean? He had that, uh, some single that was going around at the time. So Outkast was there on the strength of Usher. You know what I'm saying? So Usher came out, did this thing, girls screaming and whatnot, you know? And then Outkast came out and everybody was like golf clap. You know, like golf clap. Like, who are these jokers? You know? Like, we knew players ball, but, uh, you know. And then they started. They started with the Southern Playalistic joint, man. And when I tell you that Dre killed it, that place, everybody was standing. Nobody was ready. For right. It. Nobody was ready for that. Dre and Big Boy absolutely destroyed it. And from that point on, I've been checking for Outcast. But one of the things I want to ask you guys is, every time we do an episode, every week, we... We touch on various aspects of hip-hop, and I'm gonna go out on a limb, and it's a very strong limb, it's not a weak limb, and, t- and, and say that Dre, Andre 3000 is a top three MC. Ooh, that's a big limb. Now remember what I said like 10 episodes ago. Anytime you're talking about top 10 MCs, it don't matter where they are in the whole echo line of things. Once you in top 10, you good. You know what I'm saying? There's no like number one, number two, number three, whatever like that. You in that group, you're good. You know what I'm saying? It becomes objective after that.
1: Dre belongs in that group. Right? Yeah, that's you know, I like Dre. Don't, don't get me wrong. To me, he comes off like a like like a southern most deaf. To me. You know what I mean? Because he's real cerebral with his with his rhymes. Mm-hmm. Clever. And he's yeah, he's extraordinarily clever. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he's an oddball. You know what i'm saying he is straight up he's a, he's an outlier mm-hmm. as far as how he approaches the game of hip-hop from his fashion from his lyrical choice from his content choice how he does it mm-hmm. he's an oddball well think about and that's it. why i say like a most death because most deaths an oddball
0: right
1: you know what i mean they don't they don't follow that formula that everyone tries to follow where there's a little bit of mimicking to someone else's style mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He has his own unique flair. He has his own unique flavor. And the best part about him is he utilizes it and he embraces it right. instead of trying to fit into somebody else's container of who he should be. Right. I think it's I mean, Even from the very beginning. Yeah. Even even, even, even from the bear, his very beginning, I mean, outcast themselves mm-hmm. never tried to fit into a box,
5: mm-hmm.
1: which is, which is one of the reasons why I really dug your music. Because they didn't try to sound like they were from Texas, mm-hmm. they didn't try to sound like they were from Cali or they were from New York. They let you know they're with that Atlanta game. So they were the new kids on the block, and everybody was looking at them like, okay, what are you bringing to the table?
2: All right.
0: I was still high off that Wu Tang when they came out with their with their, when they came out with the LP playlist Cadillac Music. I was still high off that Wu Tang, man. I mean, straight high off Wu Tang. So I wasn't I wasn't checking for nobody else but them for Wu Tang. You know what I mean? Right, right. But what you were saying about Dre, how he's an oddball and how he was, the, you know, the definition of the term artist, we throw that term around loosely. Dre was an artist, you know what I'm saying? And then what you were saying about him being an oddball, I think that's genius. That's, that's, that's 100% genius right there because from a definition standpoint, what is, what
1: is an outcast? From a definition standpoint an outcast is someone who's been shunned aside by everyone right and they're just on the outskirts of the of society they're on the outskirts of whatever that situation is if they're an outcast exactly exactly somebody rejected Uh, by society or group
2: but i say it's a a non-conformist also right Mm -hmm. they just they don't fit between the guidelines of what society said all right you need to do it like this or what in their case they don't fit between the lines of saying, a rapper's supposed to be this, an MC's supposed to be that. Exactly. They created their own lane
0: mm-hmm. and took off from there. Yeah, I agree 100%, I man. You guys are right on the money with that. You know, Outkast is is, is an outlier, you know? A non-conformist, like, like what that said. So then, and that's what Dre is. Dre is a non-conformist. He said, I'm gonna do this the way I wanna do it. I don't care if I'm in your lane. I don't care if I'm in your group. I mean, y'all remember the Source Awards. When Outkast won Rap Group of the Year, Newcomer of the Year, the source of war. Yeah, they, yeah. they booed them off the stage. They were like, yeah, yo, what yeah. is this? You know what I'm saying? They didn't care. They didn't care about that, but check it out. You look a little deep into it, Outcast as a group, right? Dre and Big Boy. I mean, you put them two in a room, you don't think they're together. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't be more different from each other. So not only are they outcasts of the hip-hop community, they outcast from each other. You see what I'm saying? They don't... They don't belong in the same group together, but they came together to form this this, this one-of-a-kind situation, you know what I'm saying, that, that just that just blew up, man. That just completely blew up. I think it's genius. Whoever was in charge of their of their marketing, whoever was in charge of their image was completely gen, uh, was, was completely genius. Man. Well,
1: I, well, I think, you know what I mean? I think the first part of your statement you just said was 100% correct. I think the second part of your statement is in direct contrast to what you just said, because mm-hmm. like you said, they did their own thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they had anyone in charge of their image. I don't think they had anyone telling them, okay, well listen, you do this and you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, just listening to them and seeing Everything that you just talked about Scott Mm -hmm. as to how they're so different from one another how they're so different from the rap game as the way the rap game stood then all those different variables all those different factors is what made them come up with that name outcast you understand what I'm saying but I don't think anybody was necessarily in charge of all right Dre you know what I mean You, you do this and big boy you do that I think it was just them.
0: And then you throw the Dungeon Family on top of that, like with like what Det was saying, organized noise and all that. I mean, <clears throat> you have a tornado. That whole Atlanta, Georgia thing. I mean, that was genius. The amount of material, the amount of content that came from Atlanta from the hip hop perspective after Outkast. I mean, unprecedented, man. I mean, you're talking about Ludacris, you know, Ti, all that, man. I mean, I think they are a big, you know. A big thank you to Outcast for that, man, right? because they made Atlanta relevant, you know?
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. They, they, well, just, they just didn't make it relevant. They, they put them on the scene in a big way. That was like a a book, a big foot stepping on a big cockroach in the middle <laughs> middle of the ocean. <laughs> let you know Atlanta's here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's a good analogy because that's exactly what it was, right? I mean, nobody was checking for Atlanta back then. I mean, Jermaine Dupree was more like, you know, TLC, you know, crisscross and things of that nature. When they came
2: out of ATL with that right there, man, it's just see, they shut the game down. They murdered it. They let you know, listen, ATL is in this for real. And you said T I. Let's not let's let's not even forget all the other R and B groups that came out after them. Mm-hmm from Atlanta, one twelve, all those other groups that came out from R and B singers, Usher, you know, TLC, you know, you got uh, you got T I, you got uh Goody Ma Dungeon wow, wow. family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you got so many of them that came out from down like Atlanta was just an explosion around that time, but it was something that had me relate more to outcast in the Goody Mop and the people that were coming out of that dungeon family mm-hmm. than anything else. It was just a, a sound that they had that wasn't like anything else in the world. Uh, I, right, forgot, I forgot right? to
0: mention one part. When, um, when Dre and Big Boy came out in the student center in Hampton during um, that little performance, they brought out Big Gip. You know, Big Gip was just kind of there as like the hype man. He might as well have been an alien. Us being from Jersey the New York City, you know, the tri-state area, Looking at big git like that, yeah, you know, he might as well have been straight up like an alien, man. We didn't know what was going on.
1: <laughs> we didn't know what was happening, man. When these guys dropped in '94, they're they're all you know they're under 21 years of age. And in '94, hip hop was started in '77, so '94 hip hop is what 16 years old, maybe. So you figure you put them at about age 15. You can hear who they were listening to in this LP right here.
0: All right, fellas. So check it out. This week, we get back to it, right? We're going to focus on yet another classic LP, Outcast Southern Playlistic, Cadillac music. You guys ready to get it in?
2: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right,
0: cool. You're listening to The Light Podcast. And as always, you can reach us on Twitter, at The Light Podcast, or our Facebook page. The Search for the Light podcast. Drop us a message. Join in the conversation. We always respond. We always show love. Now, a little knowledge for your brain.
4: Like Halle Berry so so fine, intertwined. But we ain't sipping wine; we just chillin'. I'm the rabbit villain, and I'm so high, smoking freely. Me, Lil' B, Rick, Mo, Shook, and my little brother James. Things changed in the hood where I live at. Them rats know. Mama, I want to sing, but Mama, I want to trick. trick And Mama, I'm suckin' dicks now. We movin' on up in the world like elevators. Me and the crew, we pimp like '82. Me and you, like tone it, tone it, tone. Yeah, yeah. Like this, East Point, and we gone <laughs>
6: Me and you,
4: your mama
7: I stopped at the mall the other day. Heard a call from the other way that I just came from. Some nigga was saying something. Talking about hey, smoke something. <laughs> your man me from school? No, I'm not really, but he kept smiling like a clown. Facial expression looking silly, and he kept asking me, what kind of car you drive? I know you paid. I know y'all got beaucoup of holes from all them songs that y'all done made. And I replied that I've been going through the same thing that he has. True, I got more fans than the average man, but not enough loot to last me. To the end of the week, I live by the beat like you live check to check. If you don't move your feet, then I don't eat. So we like neck to neck. Yes, we done come a long way like that. Slim cigarettes from Virginia. this ain't gonna stop so we just gonna continue,
4: continue,
2: continue, continue as always we hit you with hip-hop history black history to let you know we' still out there and uh, we believe in everything positive out there in our culture we lost a soldier many years ago on this date so Truth. truth died November 26th of 1883. Now, Sojourner Truth was an abolitionist. She was an orator. She was a person who led a lot of slaves away from that closed thought of mind. She was born a slave herself, but she escaped with her infant daughter in 1826. And she was able to create the unlocked key of a lot of minds to help them grow and get away from slavery themselves and free themselves not only in their mind but you know in their life so like i said on this date november 26 1883 we lost a soldier sojourner truth blessings queen now as far as hip-hop history on this date d nice released his second and final album to the rescue November 26 1991 now for those who don't know d D nice was a uh, he was a Dj for BDP and then he came out with his own album and he uh was rapping on there he was also part of the uh, self-destruction movement so he gave it up for D nice November 26 1991.
7: We get a proper renegade style black. My name is D Nice, just like I told you a while back. So here come the wild track tracks taking wild. See, I'm breaking and taking the titles from suckers that drive me. Rugged rhymes, I'll show chicken don't all alone. Fellow weights will get blown, just like a cyclone. So recollect and money, don't forget. I'm wrecking sets and yeah, my brother track a wrecking neck. This ain't an itty bitty, bang, bang, nigga. Hit the deck. you eight, figure, trigger, tretch. What's
6: next? What a rugged wreck. You get your on Broadway, break some bro weight, break. Get your broken broad day. Next, next with no fresh back check. And you ain't
4: even heard a cuss yet. I bet your neck in your back that your are rap can't crap, run a real track and check that back. I ride a hootie, then grill a groupy con booty fruity, that's my duty. Then run up in a hoochie scoochie. Or slack best to step back to checking the max back. And back take a nap, then get your nest flat. Here we go, here we go,
1: go Alright, podcast listeners, just wanna uh, you know, this this week for current events, we don't do not do them too often, because again you know, we don't like to do who got shot, who, who was arrested, who's coming out with the newest mixtape. You know, if you want to check all that stuff out, I'm sure, you know, Google's a good source for that. This week, Scott, I want to talk about the grinders. I with it. You know, I want mm-hmm. to talk about those cats who are doing music, who are doing hip hop just for the love of hip hop. Mm-hmm. The cats who are unsigned, the cats who are using their own money, the cats who are making their own videos, you know what I mean, producing their own beats. But they're doing it for the love of the art form. So a couple of the grinders I want to talk about this week, Scott. Um, one is, you know, he's out of Pittsburgh. Of course, I'm, you know, I'm real in tune with that Pittsburgh hip-hop scene. And uh, these guys are from Coriopolis, PA, to 15108. And, you know, they go by FAMO, Forever On My Own. And they're comprised of uh, F. Earl, FAMO Cap, and FAMO Blizzy. But if you get a chance, Scott, if you get a chance, podcast listeners, you know, check those cats out. You know, you can find them on YouTube. One of my favorite cuts that they put out, hit up hashtag turn turnt on YouTube. Or you can hit up uh, famo blizzy Letter to My Haters. One of their biggest cuts that they released is nothing to like, spelled n u t h i n alike. And when you listen to their lyrics, Scott, for me, what I heard was the gritty and the grind and the grind of just trying to get your message out there. Right. I heard somebody say one time, you know what I mean? Everyone is blessed with a form of greatness. However, it takes that individual to be reflective upon themselves and try to find what they're great at. These cats have found, you know, they have their everyday jobs and things of that nature. They're not sitting on mom's couch waiting for a check to come in from Columbia Records. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's all about having that voice inside of you. It's all about just wanting to get your message out in some way, shape or
0: form. It takes a certain kind of person. It takes a special kind of courage to be able to stand up each and every day and say, you know what, I was meant to do this right here. And you know, turn a, a blind eye and a deaf ear to all the naysayers, and keep on going on the path that you see in front of you, because you know that you was made to do this one thing.
1: No doubt. And yeah, and I think, you know, because you and I are both, you know, of a, of an age of wisdom. You know what I'm saying? Where we can look back on life, and we can see things, and because we have children and things of that nature, we can see things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always tell my children is never ever ever live with regrets. If you want something, if you think you can be something, if you want to experience something, as long as it's not going to be harmful to your body, harmful to the people around you, harmful to your constitution, you know what I mean, and that constitution is that emotional and that mental state, right. then go after it. You know, and the other cat scott I wanna talk about this week, you know, some cats may know these this name a little bit more. Cat by the name a locksmith. I first got turned on to the locksmith. Um, some time ago and I gotta give some shout outs to my nephew Jarrell, my Mm -hmm. brother uh, John Jay because these are two of the cats who whenever I'm you know we pass hip-hop around like a joint at a Grateful Dead concert it'll be two o'clock in the morning and I'll wake up I'll see a text message talking about I'll check this dude out one of the cats that that uh, we all kinda came together on was this dude Locksmith and you know you can find him on YouTube Uh, he just released a new LP called Lofty Goals, you know, because you asked a question, Scott, a couple episodes ago with respect to where is hip hop or is hip hop dead? Mm-hmm. And I think between the three of us, we all said hip hop is not dead, you just got nowhere to look for it. Oh, most definitely. And, you know, and I've been looking mm-hmm. and, and I'm finding and I'm encouraged at what I've been finding because this kid, the locksmith. He is dangerous. One of the first things that I heard from this cat was uh, his his mixtape, his mixtape called "I Am Lock," and it was the very first cut, and it's called "That Bullshit," and it's produced by Ski Beats. Scott, you know who Ski Beats is, right? Tell us more about Ski Beats. Oh, oh, come on, Ski Beats. If you know Jay Z, you
0: know Jay Z because of Ski Beats. You understand? Reasonable doubt. One of the greatest debut albums of all time. Ski Beats fingerprint was all over that joint right there. And if you know can't blow, the group can't blow, you know can't blow because of Ski Beach. But yeah, man, Ski Beach is, is definitely that dude, John.
1: No doubt, man, when I look at cats who are able to put rhymes to words and rhymes to music, and I look at and I listen to somebody like the Locksmith, this cat, Scott, believe it or not, I mean, I know you heard him. Oh, yeah. But when people hear this dude, and then realize that he's not a household name mm-hmm. and he's been grinding since like 2002, mm-hmm. then that means he's been writing at least since
0: 99, 98. Hey, I appreciate that video that you sent me, that Sway in the Morning from, from a few years back, the Five Fingers of Death joint where, you know, they play five random beats and then you gotta make it work over it. I mean, Locksmith just destroyed it. And I, I listen, listen, anytime somebody starts freestyling, and they open it up by saying, look, you know it's about to happen, you know what's about to go down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He started off, look, I was like, oh, even Sway was like, okay. And then he just, he just murdered it. He just destroyed it.
5: Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Yo. Check it out. Look. Niggas sleeping on me and critics just overlook me. Finally let my talent speak and look at where it took me. People wrote me off for the simple fact in my region. Sylvia Rhone told me don't mention the bay whenever you are speaking. And it's nothing personal, it's nurseable. Use your versatile styling, your words and flow as a purpose to breach the surface. So, I did what I did to make it acceptable to force feed you fucks and sprinkle sugar on these vegetables. Now it's digestible, time to learn a crucial lesson. Most of the dudes you reppin' and when they scruples lessen. You know the usual textin', verbally abusive, reclusive haters manipulate favors and try to reduce your blessings. But here's a true confession I'm through ingestin', the fool is guessing, guessin', you dudes and dudes, whether it's food or tube injections. I see your true complexion clear to me and fear of me. You propagate hate to compensate for your insecurities i'm everything that you rap niggas appear to be you content with this world but it's nothing more than a sphere to me conspiracies and satiric seeds in the ears of these kids planted by fear and greed is meant to make them pierce and bleed but seriously i'm a lion you are dear to me i'm never selling out my lyricism is dear to me
1: you no know doubt the middle,
0: yeah the beat at that point was secondary remember that uh a few episodes back i want to say it was a jay-z episode but um we had uh the big l jay-z freestyle on um stretching bobito right the beat, yeah, yeah. The beat was like whatever. Remember, uh, Jay Z was like, yeah, it's it's whatever. The beats, whatever. I got it. You know, whatever. Right, right. That, that, just that, just
1: put on anything. Just put on. Yeah, you yeah. can put on. Uh, yeah. Leela Hathaway. I don't give a damn. <laughs> just just yeah. drop a beat. <laughs> yeah. Put on
0: Willie Wonka. Turn the TV up a little bit. You know. <laughs> yeah. It don't matter. But that's what it felt like. I mean, guys like that. I mean, Sway even said it. He's a true MC. And um, hey, I couldn't agree more.
6: Don't feel
4: good. <laughs> hey player, this Peaches, coming back at you one more game with a big what's it? Break out your black love and your boons phone. As I send it out one more time for East Point, College Park, Decatur, and the Swats. We got that Southern playlist of Cadillac Funky Music for your trunk. And it's fat like handball and tight like net booty. So let me take you deep, straight to the point. Cause it ain't
6: nothing but king shit. All day and day.
0: Let's get this in. I mean, right off the right off the bat. Let's just talk about you know the name just the name of the album southern playalistic cadillac music you know i'm sitting there racking my brain right thinking about the the titles of of other classic albums that we've done i can't think of any album that has a title as crazy as that no yeah. doubt man what was the first thing you guys thought of when you heard the album I mean, honestly when i heard it i didn't know what to think man i was just like honestly my my whole my whole attitude about outcast back then was like what the hell is this you know what I mean? But, uh, I mean, you can't take anything away from their creativity. When you start digging into this album, you know, even back then, I remember, you know, hitting on track one, you know, the intro. First thing I thought of was like, damn, these guys sound like my grandparents, man.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, um, but they had, right, right. they had Peaches on there. Peaches, Peaches made it, she bought the noise on that one. And then yeah. they gave a shout out to every part of Atlanta. Right. On that, on that beginning, and that lets you know where they were from, and then, then you sit up there, you start connecting the two with the, with the name, mm-hmm. and with, with where they were from and everything, and that, that right there, if you knew that, if you knew Atlanta around that time, you knew that Atlanta was a, a growing mecca, and a, it was like turning into a multicultural thing that was just blowing up around that time. Yeah, I mean, I was a freshman at Hampton University.
0: When this came out and i remember i mean thinking back you know everybody from that area of the south to georgia you know and everything else we couldn't understand what none of them were talking about i mean they had it wasn't so much their accent it was their slang you know the words that they used for things you know what i mean we up us being from up north we had no idea what they was talking about man this album to me as soon as i heard it mm-hmm. i felt fire fire yeah. that's yeah. that's what it was it's fire no doubt man no doubt i mean because even though like as far as Outcast and what they was coming with, I was still big on funk, you know, the blues, soul music, and that was heavy throughout this whole album. So when I first, you know, when you hear that first riff, when when the album comes on, you know this is something a little bit different. You you know what I mean? You, but you still are attracted to it. You still you know are, are like checking for it. And then they got me midway through the intro. He said. I mean, it's fat like hand bone
1: and tight like net booty. Well, for me, when I heard this, it wasn't hard for me to pick up on the slangs either because being in the Marine Corps and being stationed in the Pacific Northwest, I was with, and also San Diego, and uh, you know, I was a couple other places as well, but I was with a lot of cats from down south. I was with a lot of cats from Atlanta. I was with a lot of cats from Mississippi. You know what I'm saying? So to for, and for me, I, it was it was very easy for me to pick up on all these little things, you know, it's the first one, like, Big Boy comes in with verse one, and he says, well, it's the M.I. crooked letter coming from the, coming com, coming around the south. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So I, like, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, he's saying this, that, and the other, you know what I mean? I... I I really liked it for the simple fact that, again, it was opening up the art form, and it was expanding it to a different realm now, Right. you know, because everybody, you know, at this time, you had that defined New York sound, you had, you, you know, that California sound was really defined, Right. Texas was still defined in their sound, but their crews were defined, so their sound kind of just merged with their crew, and now you have this... You know, this Atlanta thing that's popping. Florida was popping with me. So you had that Miami bass. Everybody had their own sound. So when this sound came, it was kind of like, okay, their flows were a little slower. So for me, it was like, okay, here we go on this ride. And now where are they going to take us? And I'm telling you, from the very beginning, I was like, these cats are MCs. Because their wordplay is definitely, definitely, definitely deep. From the very beginning, I was like, Andre 3000 as well as Big Boy are going to be around for a long period of time. I, I knew these guys weren't going to be a flash in the pan from the very beginning. Yeah, no
0: doubt. I definitely got it. I definitely got it. I could definitely tell it wasn't a gimmick, you know, even though, honestly, I wasn't really thinking deeply about hip-hop as far as gimmick versus the real thing and all that back then in my freshman year at Hampton. But you could definitely tell that there was something different about these cats, man. I mean, Andre, even now, I mean, he's, he's one of them. You know what I'm saying? One of them, quote unquote them. He's one of the elite, you know what I mean? Even, you know, Big Boy doesn't really get his credit. He doesn't really get his due. He, he's up there as well. Outcast was is is massive and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that they're not still making music together. You know, I put it, you know, I have it, you know, when I think about Outcast, I kind of get like that same level of sadness that I do with Tribe. You talking about incredibly iconic rap groups with Outcast and Tribe. That you know may or may not have had their differences, you know a lot of that stuff was not played out in the media, so we might not really know the truth about what happened or what didn't happen, but the bottom line for us as fans for for consumers of the music, they're not doing it no more, and I think that's incredibly sad, man, because and, and it's I'm glad,
2: I'm glad they're not, you don't know these dudes are terrorists, man, I'm glad they're not, <laughs> what you mean, man? yo, let me tell you, man, you remember players' club, of course, remember that. Yeah, remember the part in the movie when, when they punched Ice Cube in the back of the head? Okay. Well, they, yeah, that, that originally was me trying to oh. check them out at Magic City. <laughs> they stole that part of my life and put it in that movie. <laughs> I went in there, you know, they throwing money up. I'm throwing money up in the club. We in Magic City. Hmm. I said, yo, let me go back and holler at these dudes. They laughing, joking and stuff. And I went back to this shake Andre's hand. He looked at me up and down like I was short. Like I owed him money. I was like, hey, man, I'm just saying what's up. He was like, get this dude out of here. So I was like, what, man? Say something else. He stood up. Now I'm thinking, all right, I, you know, you little skinny dude. I'll mash you. I'll fold you like newspaper. Mm. That brother that brother hit me in my stomach hard. So I was like, oh, <clears throat> And big boy's sitting there laughing. Next thing I know, I'm getting thrown all around the room by the security. And next thing I know, I happen to be in the movie theater with my girl. And we watching Players Club. And here it is. That same scene, what happened at the strip club, is in the movie. They used to sit up there and steal candy from kids. I know these dudes. (laughs) You're wrong, Andre. You're
1: wrong, man. I really don't know, man. I just don't know anymore. I don't think we can help him anymore, man. Uh, I just think we just got to go with it and just hope, you know what I mean, when we get these guys on the show, Mm -hmm. that uh, we can get some closure for him. And at the same time, the people don't want to not come on the show because maybe they feel as though there's another side to the story that debt not telling. <laughs> I think man, I
2: went to, th- what, what the hell I went to shake his hand. He punched me. Who would think a skinny dude like that could hit that hard?
1: You crazy, dude.
0: You crazy, man. All right. So check it out. Check it out. Check it out. So the peaches intro, right? I mean, I don't want to dig too deep into that. It is what it is. It's an intro. You know what I'm saying? But from a much higher level, it introduced Outkast to the hip hop community. And I think it did its job. You know what I mean? Like, I remember distinctly, distinctly, you know, hanging out with the with the guys, with everybody from the tri-state area at Hampton. You know what I'm saying? We were territorial. All we wanted to listen to was was was, you know, Nas and you know, Wu-Tang and all that. You know what I mean? So when OutKast came along, we were like, Man, what is this, man? You know? And then I remember slowly but surely we all started listening to it. I remember being in my dorm, listening to this and my friends coming in, they're like, yo, what you doing? What is this? This is this is whack, you know. But everybody knew it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Everybody knew that, 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 that this was dope. You know, organized noise, the production team behind this particular um, album right here was ridiculous, man. I mean, the creativity that they came with to produce this album was, I think, you know, and again, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it was unprecedented. was nobody making sound like this.
1: The entire production on this thing is massive. Right. And the fact that when when they hit, um, a lot of people didn't catch on to them too quick because they sound differently. And that's one of the things that made me gravitate to them. You understand what I'm saying? Because they did have a different sound.
4: See then I should've been Lakewood. You better be strapped, cause that niggas that just ain't good. Being a hustler, serving the loyal customers. Rent was doing the first of the month, so I'm hustling I buy you fifty bucks of fillies at the seco. And nigga be wanting drinks and shit from the fucking stove, But that's a hype right, though, cause I be getting paid. And every trip I take, there's a dollar to be made. I'm digging through my pockets for my earnings. Got you vibes. Yeet, there it is. Now it's time to smoke that, night. Yeah, smoke
5: that
0: night. Let's get into the next track. Uh my intro to let you know. Again, there's that you know, their creativity. I mean, the name of the track right there. I remember looking at this on the tape, I'm like, yeah, what, what is wrong with these dudes, man? But then, you know, you you break it down and parse it out. It's my intro to let you know this is the first track off the Southern playlist of Cadillac Music Joint. Big Boy kicks it off first, you know, and that's when you, you know, you really get to see, you know, how deep and how complex these brothers are. The quick hitter, you know, cadence that he has you know, combined with his wordplay, we wasn't ready for it. You know what I mean?
1: No no doubt, man, no doubt. Because if you smoke a dime.
0: <laughs> Who talks like this, man? But now we vultures, you know what I'm saying? Slam my nigga back out to make his ass black out or even pull your fucking heater to make his whole crew believers. These guys 16, 17 years old talking like that, man. See, yeah, but this was,
2: this was pre, this was Andre the Thug. This was the terrorist I was talking about. This He's evolved now. <laughs> He's different now. Mm-hmm. Back then, there's a little, you know, with the can go all that stuff. The little pimp slide walk all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a thug back then. That's see, that was that was Coffee Brown. No, Coffee Black, right here. That's what he was. Remember, remember from that uh, movie? Yeah, did? Coffee uh, Black. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So he was Coffee yeah. Black. That, that right. pimp. See, right. this is Coffee Black right here. Now he's now he's evolved now you know he just finished doing Jimi hendrix he, he's evolved now i, I could relate to what he's saying because that fit his image at the time once he got a chance to change that's when he started uh dressing differently and he you know he started following uh you know Different, uh, different paths, mm-hmm. and believing in different things. So that's that's when he changed.
1: But at the same time, man, you know, like like you said, Scott, the production on this joint for their for their voices to be and they have for their voices and their flows to have that little bit of a southern draw. The beat on this is fast. Yeah. So it's it kind of you know what I mean they that duality kind of plays off of one another very 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 well. Mm-hmm. You know and and remember everybody's crunk, Everybody's pushing this out in the spring of 94. So what's happening right now? Windows are coming down. Women are wearing less clothes. Everybody's trying to be outside. So this was that perfect summer jump-off album mm-hmm. because it was new. The style was new. The music was new. I mean, organized noise, I hadn't heard of them before. I don't know if you guys had, Nope. but I had never heard of organized noise before Outkast. And, it, and, you know, and it kind of it brings to me, like, um, you remember, and this is, and don't laugh, but don't laugh. <laughs> remember when Nelly hit? Mm-hmm. And you remember how everybody was checking Nelly because it was just so different, the whole sound? Yeah, I remember that. That's the same way that Southern Playalistics was once it got on. So when you think about, like, when music comes out as far as the time of year and things of that nature, This was the perfect summer jump-off because even their videos were all summer-based. You know what I mean? Everything they were talking about doing was just basically laying back, chilling, and kicking it, smoking some bud, and picking up some women. And that's what pretty much everyone does in the summertime. (laughs) You know what I'm saying?
0: No doubt. And that's what we was doing in Hampton. Listen to this. Listen to this, man. It opened my eyes, man, because before I got down there, it was all New York hip-hop. It was all East Coast hip-hop, man. And... You know, Ghetto Boys opened the door. Outkast blasted right through it, man. They blasted right through it, and um, I think you know, we said back during the Ghetto Boys episode, you know, Ghetto Boys opened the door and legitimized, you know, Southern-based hip hop. I think Outkast took it to the next level, and I think we actually said that on the episode.
2: Yeah, you know what? Songs like this, you know, made y'all light-skinned dudes feel like thugs in Hampton. So yeah, <laughs> it was, it was good to y'all. <laughs> I got you. I know. I know. You know the light-skinned dudes in Hampton. Y'all was fashion models.
0: <laughs> but you know, you know. I just want to say one last thing about this track. I mean, again, this is only two, two, two verses. Big Boy and Dre going back and forth, man. But I think in, right, this, right. in this, in this, in this particular track here, you know, Dre really started solidifying himself as being someone that wasn't um, like the others. Let me just quote one of his one of his lines here. He was like. Come and listen to my story. I got a lot of shit on my mind. I wipe the boo-boo from my brain, and then I finish up my rhyme. Take a number, I caught you in a slumber. I hit you for a lick, I'm in the slammer for the summer. But now it's the fall, I'm having a ball, making my nickel sacks crawl. Again, I go back to creativity, man. I mean, Andre, I mean, how can you not say that he is not a top five, top three MC? You just you know he does it over and over and over again, track after track after track, album after album. Dre is just one of those one of those guys, man. He's one of them cats,
1: man. Dre is one of those one of those guys who's going to go down in hip hop history as one of those best as one of those lyricists that just could that just can't be messed with. If anybody doesn't recognize the greatness of Outkast as as far as you know a hip hop group, then I don't know what they're listening to.
7: A nigga ready from the get go Y'all hear like my shit go It's Andre Can your punk ass come out to play Say, Stay in your little hole Then coward duck your head You don't know who Fucking with you, better off. Dead that's what I say, best run the other way in case the physical breakdown. Y'all can break now. My kitchen full of heat, if you can't take the temp make yourself exempt. Pussy footin' around, we getting y'all nowhere but stuff. Nowhere to dub. Bullets fine, niggas die. If I get seen blasted, how drastic. They got the nerve to ask me why I do the things I do. I got the nerve to serve you up just like a way to do, but nah, I take that back, that's my problem. Turning and walking away just ain't gonna work when they be robbing. As long as big watch. <laughs>
0: ain't no thing but a chicken wing now, ain't no thing but a chicken wing if that is not some country ass shit I don't know what is man
1: <laughs> <laughs> listen man when I was in the core I was stationed up in Bremerton, Washington mm-hmm. and there were these two dudes there were a lot of cats from down south but these two cats in particular, I can't remember their names off the top of my head right now, because as soon as you said it the way that you said it, you know, what I mean, you said "ain't no thing but a chicken wing." Mm-hmm. They used to always say that, and I'm talking about back in '88. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I met these dudes, that's all they were saying: "ain't no thing but a chicken wing." And then we added on to it, you know, "ain't no thing but a chicken wing on a string." And so when I heard this, I was like, man. <laughs> I was thinking when I heard, when this came out in 94, so this is six years later, I'm removed from that situation. They're the first people I thought about. And I was like, okay. I thought that it was just like, I never asked them, like, is this like a widely used slang that you guys are talking about or whatever, whatever. And I never asked that question. I just assumed there was something that they just made up or whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. When I heard this, I was like, wow, maybe this was just a regional slang thing that everybody down south was
0: saying nah like i said before this is exactly how my grandfather sounded that's what really that this really made this jump off for me man this was like my grandfather you know rewind 50 years or whatever this is how in my mind i imagine he used to talk man because nobody understood what he was saying man but as we go through each track and as we dig into the lyrics i mean it's real easy to get caught up in the slang, but one thing that I did now that I think I did differently when listening to this album the first time was really understanding how incredibly deep Big Boy and Dre were. Right away, I go into the second verse of Big Boy on this, man. He said, original ghetto bastard. So now I'll make a switch. I used to sell dope, but in 94, I'm making Southern playlist and Cadillac music. But see, these voices in my skull have gotten reminiscent about the days back when my mammy had to work in kitchens. She had me making better grades to make a better life. But I never had no love of respect. Because we gonna be alright. And if you think back to all the albums that Dre and Big Boy did together after this, it always pointed back to making a better life for themselves than they had back then. You know what I'm saying? I mean that was always seemed to be the underlying vibe to
1: all of their albums. The the line that says that to me is you know, up earlier in the verse, in verse 1 when Andre just just says, pussy footin around, don't be getting y'all nowhere but stuck. Mm-hmm. Nowhere to duck, bullets, flying, niggas, die By getting blasted, how drastic. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's about those. And I remember when I was playing youth football, I was, you know, back in the day, and uh, I remember my coach said that to me one time. Smithson, quit pussy-footing around. I went home and told my dad, I was like, dad the coach cursed at me he he, you know he used the bad word <laughs> and i was in like the fifth grade my dad said well, what'd he say i was like i don't want to say it. my dad was like just just tell me you won't get in trouble and when i said it i was like he said i was pussyfooting around my dad cracked up laughing he goes that ain't no curse word boy <laughs> He's said, tell, "He's telling you to quit being lazy," and, you know, this, this, that, you know, and so on and so forth. But again, my dad was from down south. All my family, you know, my my roots touched the ground in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So that's where my dad's side of the family is from. So again, that southern slang didn't throw me, but I definitely agree with you 150 percent that all their, you know, their whole message was about moving forward and doing so. Yeah, dissecting Big Boy and Dre's lyrics, you can't deny how
0: complex and sophisticated they are, man. You know, to be as young as they were, to come up through the era that they came in, where do they fit in the echelon of groups in the golden age of hip-hop? Tribe is my all-time favorite bar none, from a production standpoint, from, you know, uh, a message standpoint, you know what I'm saying? I probably gonna get in trouble for saying that too, but it is what it is. You gotta put El up there with them, though, man. You got to,
4: no doubt. Really the the yeah, Hi, uh, this is the Dr. Captain Caboose. We are now descending
2: of the high Field in Airport. I'd like to welcome you to Atlanta. We have clear blue skies over Atlanta, which, by the way, is the home of the Atlanta Hawks, the Braves, and the Falcons. To the far left, you can see the Georgia Dome, which by the way, still flies the Confederate battle flag. Atlanta has been called the New Motown of the South and is the home of LaFace Records, Organized Noise Productions. If you look to your far right, you can see Decatur and below you to the right is East Point, College Park, home of the Red Dogs. Flap back and running through. And
0: home the player. Lap right and the motherfucking outcast.
4: My cricket lets are coming around the south road to drink. Hammer's and bow's in that old southern south, please. Ain't nothing but incense in my atmosphere. I'm being in corners in my lag box, cause that's how we've been rolling here. D, the slang is in the fake because it's Georgia kicking the gang. He's an FD, to packing your pieces, cause you're supposed to fit, Catfish and grits, it's all my flow. Flows rolling steady in that caddy, but the 50 bottles got to go. See, juice and gin used to be my friend from the beginning. Now I'm just a player sipping sauce every now and then. To catch a buzz like a bumblebee. Drop the fuck when niggas gets sprayed like Ray, cause it ain't nothing see. My heat
7: is in the trunk alone with that quad knock. No, my heart, don't no pump, no too late. Shopping, you'll get too sprayed, two rays. You'll block the one and only outcast. Many a nigga's falling fast, and I continue blasting. Quickly, they ain't gon' get me. Got something for them. The devil up in your grill, and you still don't even know them. Show them who's the okay. Like all agrees greens and cause I got soul. That's something that you ain't got. That's why your solid rock. Tim, stop in the land of ATL. Where nothing but pimps will be equipped make yourself well well they got my pockets booming like rocket smoke stop it but they know that next
0: track southern playlistic cadillac music now every time we do a review one of us you know you know says which one was our favorite for me this one was my favorite track on this whole album a lot of people say it was players ball you know ain't no thing and this and that southern playlist cadillac music was my favorite
1: track on this whole album right now. I have to agree with you 150%. Southern Player Listic is my favorite one as well. Mm-hmm. Because when I when I heard Southern Player Listic, I wanna be honest with you. While I like Outkast, Southern Player Listic did it for me. Because I was like, okay, here they go. You know, that catfish and grits, this is that true down south, that true down south right here. Everything about this track, man. To me is just quintessential outcast. Yeah, man. You, see you know what I mean? It's just quintessential outcast, man. No doubt, man. It's a deep the slang
0: is in effect because it's Georgia. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, man.
1: You can't even read it.
0: Nah.
1: But I but if I close my eyes, if but if I close my eyes yeah. and just go with the words, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I can I can I can definitely go along with it. But if you try to read it, you can't. Like collar green and whole cakes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now see now see you said hoe cakes, right? Yeah, yeah. Now you know where hoe cakes is from, right? Okay, that's a down south thing, that's all I know. It was Hollywood Shuffle. Hoes gotta eat too. Get them hoe cakes. Hoes gotta eat too. <laughs> you ain't never seen that, Scott? Yeah, come on, yeah, man. Yeah, come on, that's, that was a the classic, right there. So again it it just shows. How all these different art forms borrow from one another. Yeah. You understand know what I'm saying? You know, cause if you think about it, man, well i nobody would tell another dog on hoe cakes, man. <laughs> I mean, if if you mention hoe cakes to somebody up north, man, they're gonna look at you like, What the hamburger helper? are you talking about? That's
0: exactly what happened you know to us. I mean? That's
1: exactly what happened right. to us. We didn't know what they was talking right. about, man. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I didn't know it was a real food. I always associated it with Hollywood Shuffle and Robert Townsend. You know what I mean? That's what I always associate with. So somebody said, No, man, that's real that's real food. I was like, oh For
0: okay. Southern Slang, I mean, that's what appealed to me. You know, it might have threw some people off and it really wasn't feeling it, but to me, it's what drew me in, man. I mean, just some of the references, you know, some of the analogies that Dre and Big Boy was making. I mean, you know, talking about how thief his crew is, my crew be thick as two fat hoes sitting off in the broom. Remember them old Cadillacs, man, the big long Cadillac Fleetwood? No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. My crew be thick as two fat holes sitting off in a Cadillac. I mean, just the visuals on that. man. And they do it, you know what I'm saying, throughout their whole right. career. Right. Outkast came with them visuals with that Southern flame. One reason why this particular track is so important is because this is the first time that they define defined the Dozen family. The very last thing that Dre says, thumping out the roaches dungeon if y'all missed it big Gip, goody mob pa outcast southern player listed. he's out
7: For the trouble y'all can't stoop to my level I'm like the devil or whatever I'm picking them up and throwing them down like this just Call me Kenny Anderson cause I slap the sons of bitches I ain't bragging Folks dragging me up and down the road They'll be fucked up when I get into my clowning mode They cut the clown up on their ass like Bozo, oh no, then dance on top of their asses like Jojo Dancer Come comment, come dash, come brass Come niggas with machine guns. I think that is the answer, but the question: Should we take that bullshit from them people? I'm making 300 on my SAT, and I am equal. Ain't no sleep, no sucker, no up I'm nervous. I've added up the forehead of suckers trying to surface. To graduate this really becoming a very stressful journey. I feel like a steering wheel, but them is trying to turn me into a hate monger. And I'm wishing and I wonder, damn, will I graduate before I hit the summer? I think not. I'm definitely trying to dig up in me. He said I'm half-assed, I got no future, and so he set me up the. Green. Shit, choking like hell without no paddle but niggas is smart. We back on the saddle
0: no longer. Y'all know y'all had doubt, but next the track hold a while now this dead track dead. here is significant because this is kind of the this is the introduction to goody mob from an important standpoint I think goody mob as far as the south is concerned is at the very least is just as important as Outcast. would you agree no doubt okay. no doubt no doubt big Timo, CeeLo, I mean these guys have gone on and had great careers man
1: but I mean well what they did was they they put a whole new crew on mm. because I think it'll been one thing if you would have had Outkast and no one else, Right. you understand what I'm saying, coming with that southern, southern flow mm-hmm. but because they put on a whole crew, you know Parental Advisory, Goody Mob they put that whole Dungeon family on through this particular track right here mm-hmm. so right there you know all right, not only do we have Big Boy and Dre, but they have a whole movement behind them, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and I can't wait to hear these other cats because Call It a Wild was a thick cut. If you figure from this, we have Dre, Big Boy, we got CeeLo, just those three in themselves. Mm-hmm. And I know the other cats went on to do some things, but None of their careers, nobody's career from Goody Mob blew up like CeeLo's. No. Nah. Exactly. I mean, he's still putting out stuff right now. I mean, he has a conscious cutout. Um, it's a couple years old that I really, really, really enjoy. hmm you know what i'm saying i guess went, i
2: change in my pocket just wasn't enough i'll be like i ain't talking about that
1: one i ain't talking about that one i'm talking about the other one
2: <laughs> he's saying and i'm gonna tell you that's the one that killed it for me later on in life i got you that one. like a lot of his stuff but Whoa, that one right there—that that had me riding around my house, looking, looking at people like, yeah, and riding around on, on on my little, my little feet here, running around, just saying, hey, I get the change in my pocket. <laughs> I was looking at strangers on the street, like, forget you and forget her too. <laughs>
0: remember, remember, remember—he went on stage and did that live, and he had the Muppets with him. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> when you talk about outcast putting on Goody Mob and Parental Advisory. Here is a crew that put a, put a squad on right. Like my grandfather used to always say, which is a high tide lifts all boats. Let's all get on and let's all eat. Right.
0: And I like how they did it with this track. I mean, they held the door open. They blew it off the hinges with this and they left the door open for Goody Mob and the rest to follow. The title of it is Clever As Hell. Call a wild. Come on, let's go. This is their crew cut right here, man.
2: You know what though i think this album when they put it out made them like instant ogs because they brought everybody else home with them after that like under the dungeon family i mean yeah the dungeon family was already together but they were the first ones to really as far as i know of to really drop it. that actually brought up a good point he, he said you mentioned tlc
0: and that actually begins the story of Outkast and the whole dungeon family collective because you got to remember, TLC was LaFace Records. We didn't even mention Face yet. We didn't mention Babyface. You know what I'm saying? Babyface was in charge of all this. Outkast, TLC, Organized Noise. They still connected right. to LaFace. You know what I mean? That's
1: right. So, that's right.
0: Yeah, so LaFace, LaFace had TLC. And see, the Dungeon family came in, specifically Organized Noise came in, and they were doing production for TLC. And that's how Outkast
1: got introduced to LaFace. I forgot all about the face connection with TLC. Good job, Dad. Right. I forgot all about that connection, man. Yeah. How do you like the taste of hot butter melting through your biscuits? <laughs>
7: They just might want to battle you out with the quickness The price of living is beginning to be a risky business Uncaged, parquet How do you like the taste of hot butter melting through your biscuits? This is your brain, no drugs This is your brain Don't cut niggas I hang with before they were apartments The top of the forest is getting horrid The honey dollars on the prowl yeah. I let out a call to the wild My niggas are nine my nigga I let out of call to the wide. So what you wanna do? barbecue to a milk dude. Yeah. Man, let me hit that man. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna that?
4: Man, the scene was so thick Lowriders, 77 Seville's, L-Dogs, none but the Blacks, all the players, all the hustlers. I'm talking about a Black man having him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
7: It's beginning to look a lot like wood Follow my every step Take notes on how I crept I was about to go in depth This is the way I creep my season Here's my ghetto rep I kept To say the least No, no, it can't cease So I begin to piece my two and two together Got snow, snowy weather Have to find something to do better bet, I set some sometimes, so shut up that Nonsense about some solid, solid I got sick crock, if it ain't real, ain't right. I'm like no matter what the season Forever chill with Smith, I sit my fifth I chill with West and got my reason So tell me, what did you expect? You thought I'd break my neck to help y'all deck the, the, Oh no, no, I got nothing means of celebrating I'm getting blizzard at Hojo, I got the hoochie waiting I made it through another year, can't act for nothing much more It's outcast for the books I thought you move, so now you know Let's go!
0: All right, here we go, fellas. Next track, "Players Ball." Now, this was this right here was my introduction to uh, to Outkast, and I remember distinctly when I heard it. Somebody, ironically from New Jersey, brought it into my dorm room at Hampton and put this in. And I remember, I remember uh, laughing at him because the song. Now, remember, there's two versions of "Players Ball." Right, there's the original version and then there's the, the remix. So the original version, it has snow bells, like jingle bells in the beginning. And I remember laughing like, yo, what, this is a Christmas song you putting in here? You know, nobody had ever heard Outcast before, you know what I mean? So he puts the tape in and you hear jingle bells. And I remember we was all laughing because I was like, yo, this is a Christmas song, what is this? I put my foot in my mouth with that one
1: Because look where they be going, You know what I mean? Right But at the same time Because we were so much into the video age The video made me fall in love with the song Just simply because It just gave such a laid back Old school feel A party feel to hip hop You know because we had, we had gone You know gangster Rap was on the up and coming You know what I'm saying so, so you know cats were You know all the dancing in the club Was kind of starting to die down a little bit And I'm just going to be honest, you know, know, I'm a 60s baby, so I like to dance when I go to the clubs. I'm not one to try to just hug the wall. So this reminded me of hanging out with my boys, going to go shoot some pool, going to look at some chicks, and dance a little bit. You know, the beat was slow, and I could never pick up—I know organized noise produced this, but I always try to— Figure out like who they sampled from, you know what I mean? Like where I could never pick up where they. I think this was an original beat. I don't think this was sampled. Now, if I'm wrong, please hit the Facebook page, please hit the Twitter page or the IG page, and let me know that I'm wrong. I don't. I don't mind being wrong. I got a big shoulders.
0: Well, you gotta remember there were two versions, right? You had the first version, like I said, with the Christmas bells. And that beat was so smooth, man. I think that's the beat you're talking about, man. Right. With that. With that beat. With that. With that's that is the beat I'm talking about. Yo, that beat was crazy. Exactly. Craziness. To be honest with you i wasn't so i don't know how to say this without being more respectful than i was with the jingle bells man but yo i wasn't feeling it like you know like everybody else was in the dorm room at the time but um it grew on me man it grew on me and like i said i mean outcast you know they're definitely one of my favorite groups of all time i'm gonna say as far as hip-hop's concerned you gotta say they're one of the top two or three groups that's ever done it I mean, you go up to the first verse and they're letting you know i mean even the intro Low Riders, 77 Seville's, Come on. You Come know, on, nothing but them Lacks. That's that Southern lifestyle but that, but that you, they brought us into.
2: You know, you know what though? I'm, I'm going to drop something on you. What's up? You picked up on that Christmas bell stuff, right? Mm. In the original song. Right. See, the original song was set with the Christmas theme because they're talking about a player's ball that they attended on Christmas Day. Is that what that's the song about? That's why I had the jingle bells. <laughs> yeah, that's why the jingle bells were in there. Once it started moving up the chart, what actually happened was they took that out and modified it and made it into, they, they remixed it and made it into something that can be sustainable past Christmas. Because this album actually, I think, was released around the Christmas time. Mm. This track here was released on the LaFace Family Christmas album. I never knew that, yo. For those out there that don't know what a real player's ball is, you know. Talk to Talk to It's about (laughs) a pimp celebration. It's like a pimp's convention. Mm -hmm. That's basically what it was. And those that listen to one track or the one episode when uh, I was talking about how I met Ice-T and (laughs) uh, the situation between me and him. That actually was the event we, we attended to around that time. He was at a player's ball, and I was there to do jokes. So that's actually how that uh, situation came down when we, he and I met. I said, I wasn't going to say where it was, but it was a player's ball. So they come there with their bottom bitch and the rest of their chicks there that they uh, want to bring up They're starting A squad. They bring them there to look good on their arms and on their shoulders, and they drive up in limos. They drive up in these, these kitted-out cars. I mean, these cars are to the T, and they step out in the hottest things they can find, whether the, you know, everybody knows the pimp is is glorified as far as uh, saying, okay, they're going to have the most stylish stuff or the most outrageous stuff. So you have pimps come up in the most outrageous outfits and pull out and walk through a line of people taking pictures of a player's ball for them to have a player's ball on Christmas day.
1: That's serious. Woo! You know what I mean? And when Big Boy came in with that hallelujah, hallelujah, you know, I do some things more different than I used to, you know, because I'm a player doing what the players do. He's, he's shouting out to the fact that he used to be a drug dealer, and now he done flipped up his drug-dealing ways and used that same mentality or that same mentality, excuse me, in order to get on in the music game, you know, I'm doing some things the way I used to do them, but not the same way I used to do them, you know. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that because a junkie is a junkie 365. How do you think he knew that? He had to he had to get that knowledge from somewhere, you know. And of course, they're passing the butt around in this jam. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they, as Scott likes to say, they hit all they 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 hit all the boxes. And it and it took me a while to put like cause, because because their slang, and because of what everything they were saying was so new, I had no idea that the dungeon was a recording place. I'm thinking the dungeon, you know what I mean, was just like like their basement. They're just chilling in the basement. Because I'm a player
0: doing what the players do. The package store was closed. Okay, my day is ruined. This ridiculous. I'm getting serious. I'm getting curious. Because the house is smelling stink. the chitlin's are old as bitches. First of all,
1: what's a package store? <laughs> uh-huh? I learned about the package store from the military. <laughs> you know, when I was in the military, that's, that's, that's what the down south dudes called the liquor store. And that's what we called the liquor store on base. It was actually called the package store. Yeah.
4: I got the money and a half a million dope houses. I got the hookers all to go and play a vibe that I bump with And bury off the for truck with. I've been a budget since the age of two. That's when I learned to walk. Grab my butt, talk, do how them hustle us do See born and raised as a pimp, that's what I claim to be. Always claiming true to what I do and live up what I see. I plant to lease into the streets, that's where I grow up and made more money. Cause my daddy never up. But fuck it, I'm on my own, I'm in my zone Ain't nothing wrong, you don't belong, you left me standing alone Yeah, I'm the nigga with the feather in my hat Finger waves the snake skin, shit, I got all that But you ain't no, I'm the one, dipping and dodging bullets The price you pay when you're behind the steady trying to pull it So Dolomite, Dolomite not shit I studied a Mac and Rudy Raymore, they were my idols when I was a kid
0: the next track, claiming True. I mean, Organized Noise did their thing on this one. The beat goes incredibly hard. I mean, I think out of all the other records on this LP, this one right here, this record here is more about them streets. Big Boy and Dre, they kind of go into the beginnings of what made them how they are. I mean, Big Boy talks about who his idols were. His idols were, you know, the Mac, you know, Rudy Ray Moore, you know, things of that nature. I mean, so that kind of shaped and molded the character that he created for this group. And uh, for me, though, the thing that was interesting was, you know, Dre kind of went into, you know, his life a little bit. And he talked about, you know. The drug game and weed and everything else That kind of made him who he is But Dre couldn't be more farther Away from that right now You know what I'm saying? It seems like Dre was Dre was like that street dude for about five minutes and then he became like this artist. You know what I mean? Like this this cerebral artist. So it was kind of interesting to see, you know, the metamorphosis uh, with that. You know what I mean? But what do you guys think about this track?
1: You know what, Scott? I think you're, you know, I I think you're definitely dead on. I mean, from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. we see... With the interlude as the way it comes on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where there's a conversation coming. You know, there's a conversation taking place. Mm-hmm. And you can tell it's between one of the old players and somebody trying to get into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because to tell them I can see the fear in your eyes. <laughs> you ain't you ain't ready for this. And like you said, Dre and Big Boy, this is to me, while it is one, you know, it is that cut of talks about the dope game, but it's also like you just said that cut that shows how they're going to take their careers. Dre says, our Heavenly Father, as he opens up. You know, and he's giving thanks to God for just watching over him. Mm-hmm. He's talking about grace. Mm-hmm. So Andre's coming at it from the perspective of, you know, I'm just thankful to be alive because I know I have been through some trials. I know, I know what my past has been. If you were a hustler in any regards of, of that form, and a lot of times, People regard the word hustler to just mean somebody who's in the dope game. But if you really flip the word and really understand what the word means, mm-hmm. all it means is a go-getter. So you're just out there getting it. To me, when I hear the word hustler, that's what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm hearing hard work. Big Boy's telling you how he got his hustle down. You know what I mean? And and Dre is telling you how he got his hustle down. Right. He got his hustle down through faith.
0: Right. That, I mean, that's kind of been the theme, though, with them, right, with OutKast. I mean, I mean, let's, just, let's just be honest, right? The Hustle game is overrated. I mean, people throw that word around all the time to mean different things. And like you said, they're using it to mean hard work. I mean, Big Boy, he'll tell you, in almost every track that he's on, you know what I'm saying, he had a hard life growing up. You know, his daddy wasn't around. His grandparents raised him. You know what I'm saying? His, his idols weren't Michael Jordan. His idols were, you know, Rudy Ray Moore. You know what I'm saying, I mean, that—that's who he looked up to. That's who he went to, you know, for instruction on how to make this thing called life work. You know what I'm saying? And like, he injects that into everyone one in his tracks. So, I mean, I think that's what it did these guys to me so much. I mean, they're so, you know, brutally honest with it.
2: Dre may have been projecting an image in the beginning because, you know, we saw that dude change right away over into like he—he he went from Dre to the instant Malachi Z York but he, he, he went right over into that mm-hmm. and some people say the transformation actually was uh, attributed to to Erykah Badu because it seemed like any dude she's come encounter with you know she's changed him into you know this different dude like Common look at him when he first came out he was a little harder Common so calm now he's a vegan he's just, he's, a, you know, he's just a suave dude now when Dre came out he was a thug with the kango. A couple minutes after that, he's wearing dashikis <laughs> and talking about how we were part of the earth, moon, and stars and the oceans, you know, all of that stuff. You get what Erica Badu, you know, that
1: changes you. A lady could be your addiction. You already tell that Dre's inner, where Dre's inner compass is. You know what I mean? Where as Big Boy, no disrespect to Big Boy, Big Boy, like you said, he's out hustling. I'm trying to get it. You know what? I don't even even see you. If you're in my way, I'm running over you, period. Right. As, you know, Andre is kind of like, you know, I want to get my hustle on, but, you know, just stay away from me and I'll stay away from you, man. We ain't got to cross paths.
0: If it's one of my own, I'm letting that trigger be because I got love for any nigga who got love for me. That's my favorite part of the whole song right there. Right. You know, because
1: he's... So I think as you saw, he was already of that elevated mindset like, you know what I mean, live and let live. He just kept moving up and moving up and moving up, you understand what I'm saying? But it was from an elevated mindset.
0: Next track, Funky Ride. Now this isn't, this is kind of a departure from the album, you know what I mean? This isn't, I mean Dre and Big Boy ain't even on this track. You know what I'm saying? This is just a smooth, one of them smooth, you know, uh, signature cash tracks where they give
1: you something that you can lay back and chill with. No doubt, man. And let me tell you right here, when I heard this, again, remember what I said in 77, 78, hip hop starts, right? Right. At the same time, Parliament and I'm about to hit you with his name the double neck guitar man Bootsy baby Bootsy this is classic Bootsy right here man when I first heard this man it took me back to being 12 years old I kid you not I kid you not because I was like oh my goodness and I'm. I know that these cats you know what I mean are young so when I heard this, I gave them a lot of respect for their music game. Podcast listeners, you don't know who Bootsy is. Just YouTube, him. And the first thing I want to tell you to play is Telephone Love.
0: Don't <laughs> even do it, John. Don't even you,
1: do it. I want to tell you right now. You know what I mean? Because if you hear Telephone Love and then you hear this funky ride, you're going to be like they just ripped it straight off the freaking album cover and just put it on their CD. Mm. I Organized noise. This is when, and it wasn't in the beginning when I first heard it, because I didn't know who Organized Noise was, but this is the track that made me look who the producer was on this particular release. Because gotcha. I was like, whoever did this is crazy.
2: I haven't even, we, we haven't gotten to the episode where I bring up the King of Funk. Don't even do it. Come on George now. Call oh. Funk. Come on Academy. now. They always talk about what, you know, what, uh, you know what the godfather soul did for hip-hop yeah james brown was he was the man he bought hip-hop there but you know what that funk in hip-hop was added by george clinton and parliament Funkadelic. no doubt and then it was rounded out you know rounded out later on by africa Bada and the zulu nation let's let's put it all together and and it was mixed up in a pot and then it just came out and we had we had strong hardcore hip-hop yeah, man. The love of hip hop. The, the the culture.
0: <laughs> One of these days, I'm i I'm a sit down with you guys and convince you to do a Parliament episode.
2: Um. Gotta-
0: Ed,
1: both both hands raised. I'm two feet in the pool. Let's go.
2: Damn. You ain't gotta you ain't gotta threaten me with a good time. <laughs>
6: You need to get up, get out, and get something Don't let the days of your life pass by You need to get up, get out, and get something Don't spend all your time trying to get high You need to get up, get out, and get something How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out, and get something Cause you and I got to do for you and I I don't recall ever graduating at all Sometimes I feel I'm just a disappointment to Every yeah. Every day I just, I just stay around and I can't
0: be found. found always ask to give get, me up, get up, get out. This right here was their positive record. This is Outcast and Goody Mom. Aimed at, you know, those individuals to get up and do, start doing something positive with their life. You know, I dig them for that. I mean, I think this record was definitely one of my favorites on this album, man.
1: This was um, my older brother Todd. When this came out, he used to sing this all the time mm-hmm. every time I would see him <laughs> I mean re- remember this is 94 so I'm you know two and a half years home from the Marine Corps and you know I had bounced around between a few jobs and everything and he was always I mean because like you said it was that positive type of hip hop. you know what I mean and at the same time the message was so simple. Because you just got to get up, get out, and do something. Don't spend all your time trying to get high. I mean, damn, at some point, you know, look for something better for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, all that's cool. You know, and I think they, you know, they took it from an aspect of if you want to do that, you know, whatever, whatever you're doing to, you know, ease your mind throughout the day or whatever it may be or whatever, don't let it consume your life. You know what I mean? Every Everything in moderation. So with that being said, you know what I mean? I ain't telling you how to live your life. I'm just trying to tell you how to put some game in your hustle because whatever you want to do for your leisure, you got to be able to afford it.
0: Right. I like the way they, they, they gave this, this power positive message still through their lens. You know, they didn't quote unquote sell out. You know what I'm saying? They kept it outcast. They kept it Dre and Big Boy. You know what I mean? They kept it goody mob. Look, we still back here smoking. We still back here doing what we doing. But get up off your ass, man. Do something with your life. You know what I'm saying? We, We here grinding, we here working, putting this music out. Do something that moves you. I felt this record, man.
2: No doubt, yeah, man. No doubt. I definitely did. Mm-hmm. Especially just this, this right here. because A lot of people don't even remember. Get up, get out, and just you know, this this song right here mm-hmm. was on Martin. Remember when they had the players the players ball with uh Jerome won? Yeah. And at the end Outcast was the one up on stage. Either I'm gonna go out here and get in this music mm-hmm. business, or I'm gonna get me a little job on the side somewhere. Right and then hang out with my partners later on. It was very introspective, you know what
0: I mean? They told you, look, we're not perfect either. Our life is fucked up too, you know what I mean? But we kind of put that into the rearview mirror. We tried this over here now. We in the studio making this album, trying to make good of our situation. So they made it relatable. Much respect to Outcast for doing that. Man.
1: No doubt, man. And this is also, to me, this is also the introduction of CeeLo. CeeLo brings the hook in, you know, cause the hook starts it and then he starts verse one so for me CeeLo lays it down from the very beginning and he puts his foot out there like here i am and i got something to say as well you know what i mean and throughout the whole track man i like what you said scott that they weren't being hypocritical about it they were saying i you know as am I a sinner, I don't get caught in my sin. You know what I mean? I don't stay down in the mud. But don't overjudge me because I've made some mistakes. Because don't forget where I told you where I came from. So, some of my life I've had to make up on my own and raise myself. am my crib,
6: beat my shit, break out quick in my slick. 80% of the bill, steady bouncing out the point to Camerton Road, the valley of the Southside Flow. Everybody know about that killer that we call Flow. So, keep your eyes peeled for the Cobra unit, cause they know for jumping out of black Chevy Choice through the ball, he comes the red dogs. I'm busting out the runner. From the area I'm scared So one of these bitches might wind up dead Cause I have no time for jail Fuck clapping cops, fuck Elgin Bell And crooked ass Jackson Got the whole country Thinking that my city is the big lick for 96 94, big gip, Goody Mo outcast A vision from the past My white owls are burning kinda slow You need to get up, get out and get something Don't let the days of your life pass by You need to get up, get out and get something Don't spend all your time trying to get high, nigga You need to get up, get out and get something How will you make it if you never even try?
7: You need to get up, get out and get something. Cause you and I got to do for you when I Y'all telling me that I need to get out and vote, huh? Why? Ain't nobody black running but crack curbs, So why I got to register? I'm taking a better shit to do with my time. Never smelled the aroma of the plumber. But I write the deep ass rhyme. So let me take y'all way. Back to when a nigga stayed in Southwest Atlanta. A. Y'all could not tell me nothing. Thought I hit that bottom rock. At age 13, start working at that loading dock. Then Liam my mama off of work, general the Motors tripping But I come home bank like Hank, from niggin and dipping Doing dumb shit not knowing what a nigga know now Yeah, that petty shit will have you cased up and locked down, I did over to East Point, still acting a fool. Wasting my time in the school, I'd rather be shitting cool. Cool is how I played the 10th grade. I thought it was all about macking hoes and wearing pimp face. Instead of being in class, I'd rather be up in some ass. Not thinking about them six courses that I need to pass. Graduates and rolled around like rolling polis Damn, that's fucked up. I should've listened when my mama told me that. If you play now, you're gonna suffer later. Bigger she was talking yang yang, so I paid her no attention and kept missing the point. She Try to poke me with the dope of that I get the more I'm feeling broken shit huh. but that don't matter though I am an O-U-T cast so get up off your ass. You to get up get out and get something don't let the days of your life pass by you got to
6: get up get out and get something don't spend all your time trying to get high you need to get up get out and get something how will you make it if you never even try you need to get up get out and get Cause you and I got to do for you You and I
3: Operating under the crooked American system too long. Outcast. Pronounced outcast. Adjective meaning homeless or unaccepted in society. But let's look deeper than that. Are you an outcast? If you understand and feel the basic principles and fundamental truths contained within this music, you probably are. If you think it's all about pimping hoes and slamming Cadillac doors, you probably a cracker. Or a nigga that think he a cracker. Or maybe just don't understand. An outcast is someone who is not considered to be part of the normal world. He's looked at differently. He's not accepted because of his clothes, his hair, his occupation, his beliefs, or his skin color. Now look at yourself. Are you an outcast? I know I am. As a matter of fact, fuck being anything else. There's only so much time left in this crazy world. Wake up, niggas, and realize what's going on around you. Poisoning of the food and water. Tampering a cigarette disease engineering control over your life take back your existence or die like a punk this is big roof saying right on to the real and death to the fakers peace out
0: Now, as we've discussed on previous episodes i'm a big time fan of poetry that's all hip-hop is hip-hop is an extension of poetry this interlude here is probably one of the best spoken word pieces that I've heard in a long time. You know what I mean? This is big rule, and what he's doing is he's giving you the definition of outcast. This is their mission statement. So if you were ever confused as to what outcast is, go to this track right here. An outcast is someone who is not considered to be part of the normal world. He's looked at differently. He's not accepted because of his, because of his clothes, his hair, his occupation, his beliefs, or his skin color. Now look at yourself, are you an outcast? I am. As a matter of fact, fuck being anything else. That's all you need to understand right there about why outcasts is, is who they are, you know what I'm saying? That's the definition. There of There you go. You know? This right here, I think is one of the most important tracks on the entire album. Not just this album, but any album that outcast has ever put out. This is the definition of who they are.
1: I can't disagree with you. At all. Mm -hmm. only thing I can do is add on to it Mm -hmm. and say that they're not just talking about outcasts. I think they're talking about their peers. I think they're talking about those who like hip-hop. I think they're talking about those, anyone that is being oppressed or being talked to or being treated as if they are an outcast for a myriad of different reasons. I've forgotten about TrueDat. To me, when I hear this, it's like it's a, because I lived it to a certain degree. You know, I went to a lot of white schools growing up. It was only, you know, four black kids in the whole school or excuse me, three black kids in the whole school. And that was me, my brother and my sister. So even in that regard, I was an outcast. So when I heard this in 94, I was like, wow. And we talked about
0: this on so many episodes so far, man. I mean, we have a true appreciation for the artists that have a true appreciation for the art form. You know what I mean? So, the fact, the simple fact that this track or this interlude, this spoken word piece is even on OutKast's album, lets you know everything you need to know about what Dre and Big Boy think about the art form in the process. They understand, you know what I mean, that hip hop is an extension of poetry. You know what I mean? This right here, true that, is poetry, right? Poetry.
7: <laughs> Yes sir, Let me dig into your brain rain. Folks falling like rain Probably they got me selling things Guess I'm gonna explain Jane is rolled up No gangs be throwed up But still Andre got action They sweat like keep all of my teeth I take it upon myself to handle mine Thinking that you got that time to do this Have you shot up? Thought you knew this I'm crumbling No type of problem. Selling my sacks Watching my back Putting them up like slish. Leaving them in a flesh Of oh, blood The clock is ticking Niggas from my block is missing I'm putting it down Like it be hot Before we argue Shot Got only so much time in this be bro, I be they next
0: track crumbling herb outcast is back you know you know onto the whole vibe and theme of the album but again this is another positive track another positive record I mean I think the overall message of this track here is listen just smoke weed and chill stop fucking killing each other you know what i'm saying it's not that serious chill enjoy your life stop the madness stop
1: the killing no doubt man mm-hmm. i mean andre andre finishes it off with it mm-hmm. in verse 4 what he say what he say he said we is going to smoke out until we choke out like some merry men cowards i be burying coming around my shop with that seat nigga you got nothing just like dj doing the cutting i be having your pussy ducking nothing but king shit i'm asking sucker can you hang that player with that proper throwing salt off in your game. Mm-hmm. sprinkle sprinkle motherfucker don't be crying on me the southern be in my chest until i'm chilling in peace yeah
0: that's Andre. come on man that's andre
1: come on man come on man, come on, man. <laughs> he's
0: so complex there's so many layers to him as an MC. I mean, damn, you can't, you cannot deny that it's not a top five MC. You cannot, man. Andre is just that dude, man.
1: You understand what I'm saying? This yeah. is that Link Back song right here, man. Yeah, Everything... Man everything's groovy yeah man listen ba- to the hook
2: listen to the hook man listen this song right here you gotta lean back so far you gotta have your elbows sitting out the back one mm-hmm. come on dad come on dad mm-hmm. oh, that's what it is mm-hmm. sunroof top you getting in this team with the gangster lean Ooh. I, was <laughs> I was waiting for it i was waiting for it i'll tell you you know, listen. You know, you sitting back that far when your seat pushed back that far. All they see is the top of your hat and your elbows hanging out the back window. Your seat was back, mm-hmm. but your driver's seat wasn't, because who was driving the car? You're late, and she always was sitting close in there, but they always—they never saw you. All they saw was the top of somebody's head in that passenger seat, and the car always rolled slow. <laughs> there you go.
0: There's only so much time left in this crazy world. I'm just crumbling, earth. I'm just crumbling,
2: herb. There it is. Those of us that don't smoke, I'm just sipping.
1: <laughs> I'm just sipping. It ain't about the smoke, though. It ain't about the smoke. It's, and and don't get twisted out because of the because of the you know the, the title. It really isn't about the smoke. What they're saying I is say, just-
2: I didn't say it was. He just said I'm crumbling herb. I'm crumbling herb. So I, said, I guess the, the, the of us don't smoke. I'm just sipping. I'm sipping. Listen, yeah. man. Yeah. I'm an asshole soul. But you want to see me on drugs? No. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I just want to make it clear to the podcast listeners that this is just a chill cut that's all about just respecting another person's space. Live and let live. <laughs> Exactly. You know what I mean? Live and let live. You know, I ain't got to do nothing to you. You don't have to do nothing to me. It's pretty
2: much like Sly and the Family Stone. Like their album. That's just, that's what I was looking for with them. They're pretty much like Sly, a new reincarnation of Sly and the Family Stone. That's pretty much what they were to me. I like
0: that. I like that reference. I like that analogy. I think you're dead on with that. I really am. I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry I cut you off now, but it was like, remember I said I I had researched something I kept thinking Sly and the Family Stone. Well,
1: you know, I've never. Don't ever apologize for cutting me off because I know, you know, if you're new to the podcast and I've said this on episode 10, episode 11, and I haven't said it in a while, but this is a very organic conversation. We don't rehearse. Nope. We don't have a script. All right. We get on. We do our thing as the globetrotting <laughs> Esquire engineer likes to say, we just get it in. Yeah, man.
4: skunk in the thing that is crunk in the dungeon it goes on and on and on like that going out to the cheeks and the hoes and the lax all suki suki all day and day any day every damn day i'll be thinking about the good old days when i was a whippersnapper you should try to get a kiss but now we beat them draws a master. i'm just a southern playalistic pimp i used to slang a fat rock but now i'm surfing him i never even smoked a crumb or crack but yo i'm dope more doper than a junkie or a pookie cause it's some so each one teach one. I be claiming truth to East Point and college Park And the things I used to do around ATL Home of the pimps and the money makers Club niggas, Magic City, and the Southern Players I never said I was a gangster But I will do ya So hallelujah, hallelujah One for the players
0: Foody at the
4: club, drinking drinks. And two you know for that? the sound the
0: that I <laughs> What you know about that? This track is about one thing And one thing only And my weed smokers will know exactly what I'm talking about This track is about white owls What's a white owl, man?
1: That a white owl. That
2: was cigar to burn slow uh, back in the day. You had to get your blunt, yeah. <laughs> the white owl blunt to burn. Yeah, I ain't never said I ain't never did it. <laughs> I just say I don't do it now. I ain't never said I ain't, I never did it. I just don't do it now. Remember, I shoot. I, I grew up in the 70s and I was a, a, a you know, teen in the 90s. So you got to understand, dude, get your white owls, get your meth. And we're gonna do it like come this. On, I come on, come so Fat dead. bags of scum. I got white and I'm to go And I'm about to go get, get lifted. I'm, I'm, lift uh, I'm about to go get lifted.
1: Go lift uh, I got myself, myself shorted And I'm about to get... get. That's the M.E.T. <laughs> yeah, you, you was fucking it up, but it's okay <laughs> 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 My bad, yo My bad, you got me over here Hopping the seat, yo.
0: You gotta love, you gotta love Big Boy's Big Boy's language, though Follow the funk from the skunk And the dank that is crunk in the dungeon Translation <laughs> Translation Anybody got a Translation uh, thank is weed. No, I don't know. I'm just saying just be funny. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. I, I think that was rhetorical.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, well, you know we getting
1: blizzard because we got that. That's what I was for. Gizzard. <laughs> In the dungeon. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But some of you can't cope with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, he's saying some of y'all can't. It's a little bit too hard for your chest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Set sail with them niggas from Atlanta. South You come down here, we, we got something for you. Yeah, they were just returning the music back to that essence. You know what I mean? Bringing that, that deeper, that, you know, let's just be honest, you know, marijuana expands the mind. It expands the thought process. Yeah. You know you know a lot of you know people in the entertainment industry you know what I mean it's it's you know it and, and even not just in the entertainment industry a lot of people in math and, and sociology and psychology you know what I'm saying I'm saying and in the present movement of what's been learned or what was already known but now that is proven that you know the positives of you know medical marijuana and things of that nature so it, it A lot of people, again, we said before during the P.E. episode that growing up in the hood, you know, a lot of people probably have PTSD. So people want to know why do a lot of, you know, minorities smoke weed? It's Mm self-medicating, you know. So while we're listening to the track from, you know, that double fork, again, back in 1994, we're reminiscent. And now that we're adults with wisdom, we can see it from both sides. Other people drink. Other people do other things. You know, we're all self medicating, we're all looking for ultra states. You know, fucked up when you let my mind creep. Deeper
7: than the page of a book, let me look. You let me hit the stage now, I got my folks soaked like deep. You want to go deep, I take it deep. You know, you're fucked up when you let my mind creep. Deeper than the page of a book, let me look. You let me hit the stage now, I got my folks soaked like deep. Deeper than deep dish, how and in Deeper than sea fish in the ocean. I got my gun on standby like Coast Guard. Chipos hard to get, just salty ass crumbled like bird. You heard it here first with your master plan in reverse I ain't the one with the curse, so disperse yes. Catch your blade niggas catching AIDS Niggas getting sprayed, niggas on their way To a dead and you won't catch me spreading No white thighs, I only see Afro bitches up in my eyes I don't eat no beef surely not no coke I used to drink the A, but now I shove it down your throat Quote, if they kill their own folks, what you think they gonna do to you? Last I'm track, and
0: Deep. truth Now your motherfucking this track is exactly what the title says. This is it's the one of the deepest, one of the most relevant, one of the most uh, poignant records that I think Outcast has ever done. Has ever done. You know what I mean? It's it's all about you know them going in on the on the status of of race relations in the United States and what they feel about it. You look at verse three, you know what I mean? Andre goes in, man. He says, no, I ain't ever been pimped by the system. That's because I ain't no slave. Don't be trying to sunbathe. Never lived off in no cave. Bloody old chap in his head of mine is full of naps and the only thing I know is how to fucking how to rap
1: basically you're not going to get me out my lane Nah. you're not you're not going to tell me I can't color outside the lines Yeah, yeah you're not gonna put me in your box you're not going to make me conform to your rules mm-hmm. your regulations your perspective of me mm-hmm. and I think Andre was the perfect one to bring this in mm-hmm. because basically when you think about it that's how he lived his whole career You know what I mean? He was always the one on the outside, Mm -hmm. always the one pushing the edge of the envelope. He was always on that bleeding edge. Ain't that right, Dad? Yeah, most definitely. Listen, that's
2: basically saying I get kicked out of kindergarten because I couldn't scribble. Don't ask me to do nothing that says be a conformist in society. I'm going to do it my way. He said, I'm outcasted,
0: claiming true, aiming two at your motherfucking spine. No, I make that three because I don't want to hear you whine. Swan got my folks blind like Stevie. Andre is just too deep for most, man.
1: (laughs) But, you know, Big Boy had to to hit you straight between the eyes, though, right? I'm getting deeper than that prostitute's vagina. Stop it. I'll say that again. Yeah. I'm getting deeper than that prostitute's vagina. In case you didn't
0: understand what he was trying to say.
1: (laughs) We rolling Uh, thick like the Pillsbury Doughboy. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs)
0: I don't think hez was ready for
1: OutKast when they came out. Let me ask sorry to cut you off, Scott. Nah, can up? I ask a question? Can what's I ask up? a question of you in of you in debt? What's up? I want to see how honest we can get on this show real quick for about forty five seconds. Okay. What what does this next line mean? So stay up out the rain. It's beginning to smell like dog. Scott, you go first. Well, <laughs> Alright, let me see
0: how I can be politically, how I can be politically, you know what, fuck that, this is our show. This no, I'm not
1: going to do it, I'm not, I'm
2: not, now. No, no, now, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no,
0: I'm not going to do it. Alright, so see, there's this myth, right, there's this myth, well, this, this urban legend that says when a certain demographic goes out in the rain, when they come back in out the rain, they smell like a certain animal, and I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure that, They went this hard again after this you know with regard to 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 like race relations and things of that nature i mean you guys
1: agree and that's what i was bringing up and that's what i was bringing up as a result of that lyric Mm -hmm. they're addressing a lot of racial stereotypes in this song
5: Mm -hmm.
1: so and this is you know and i you know what we gotta have get your life vest i need 35 seconds I have a problem with the fact that everyone's comfortable with saying "nigger." everyone's comfortable in saying black people are lazy, shiftless, every derogatory thing you can possibly say about a black person. People are comfortable with those phraseologies, those terminologies, but the moment anyone says anything derogatory or something to the same regard, to the same level of degradation about other Races, it's it's taboo. We can't touch it, mm-hmm. and I want to say it right now. And I really don't curse. Fuck that, because I grew up. You know what I mean, with a lot of nigger boy in my face at a very young age. So I grew up to the to uh, to the understanding that I'm not defined by what another person says about me. Because again, like Scott said, it's a myth. It's a stereotype. It is not true about me. I am not a statistic. Mm-hmm. And that's what this song is about. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, one of one of my favorite movies is the movie Bamboozle. You know what I mean? No, I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, because team, sleep, sleep. they bring out all these stereotypes. Okay. I'm not afraid to say Ofe Cracker or Hunky. Because oh. Ofe Crackers and Hunkies ain't afraid to say niggas spear chucker. Ain't oh. afraid to say welfare. Ain't afraid to say anything else that's derogatory about a minority. And this song says it. It's funny to me that in Biggie Small's song, where he says, blow up, the world, blow up like the world trade, now that is edited out of the song, but there's over 86 niggas in that song. Why ain't that edited out? The word nigga is going to affect more people than the 9-11 towers will ever affect. Period. So I ain't afraid to step on those toes because my toes have been stepped on so much I barely got fucking toenails. And the only way we can get away with and get past this prejudice nonsense is to address it and put it and stand out in front on it and talk about it. That's what the verse means. Period. It's just like anybody can be a nigga if you know the definition of the word. It's N-I-G-G-E-R. It means ignorant. The reason the black man was was coined with the word nigger when he hit this freaking uh, United States of America was because we were ignorant to their ways. We were ignorant to their language. We were ignorant to their religion. That's why they attested us with the word nigger. Not to describe your color, not to describe any of your features. It's to describe the ignorance that we had when we came here. Not ignorant minded, Ignorant of the customs and the ways of the world that we were now in. Words are powerful if you know what they mean. Don't let words handcuff you. So I ain't afraid to talk about that lyric right there. There's a hell of a lot of other lyrics in there that we should be talking about as well. And on that, three minus four.
7: Yeah. Yeah, it goes like this right here. It's like, uh, Niggas always be hollin' peace, you know what I'm saying? Peace, my brother, peace, this, peace, that, you know what I'm saying? But every time I, I uh, try to get a peace of mind, niggas try to get a peace of mind. So I gotta grab my peace. It's the return of the gangsta, gangsta. Them niggas that's on that blow that run up in your crib, which contains your lady and an 8 month old child, a raise Plus, you true blue about this music, but they do not wanna hear because they'd rather be bouncing and shooting and killing and bouncing and shit. Get down. Return of the Gangsta, Banksta Them niggas that think y'all soft and say y'all be gospel rapping But they be steady clapping when you talk about Bitches and switches and hoes and clothes and weed Let's talk about time traveling, round javelin Something mind unraveling, get down Return of the Gangsta, Banksta Them niggas that got them kids, they got enough to buy an ounce But not enough to bounce them kids to the door it to the park, so they grow up in the dark Never seeing light, till they end up being like yo, ass, Robbing niggas and broad ass, they like, get down Return of the Gangsta, Banksta Them niggas who get the wrong impression of expressions And the question is, big Well, what's up with Andre? Is in a coat? Is he gonna drugs? Is he gay? When y'all gonna break up? When y'all gonna wake up? Nigga, I'm feeling better than ever.
2: What's wrong with you? You get down. I would like to say thank you to all the listeners that keep listening, uh, that have uh, admired all the pictures on the page, graffiti pictures, personal pictures, whatever we post up, the old school hip-hop pictures. I would like to say thank you to all of you. I'd like to send a special shout-out to Tina Graham, the uh, godmother comedy she did last week was her birthday like say thank you for having me out there at your event at the stress factory that was amazing comedy love to hang out with some comedians that I hadn't seen in so long and I just want to say on top of that yesterday was the birthday of one man that i've always idolized and he is a comic god and that is richard Pryor. so rest in peace 76 years old yesterday his birthday love you richard Pryor. without you as mike epp said this man made it official for people to say fuck him no doubt and i want to uh give a shout out to uh three kings and a queen entertainment they, uh, they do a lot of family stuff, and right now, I think they have a uh, a paintball outing coming up and their one-year anniversary Super Bowl party. They're on uh, Instagram at uh, 3KQENT, and Facebook, they're on 3 Queens and the Queen Entertainment, so y'all look that up. Make sure y'all check them out. Also, I want to give a shout-out to a, a young brother who actually reached out to me. I've, I've known him for a while, and... He asked me to listen to his track. I want to give him a shout out, Dante Weber, Don P. I've heard him spit fire before. That brother took that constructive criticism and he said, thank you. This brother right here, he is the epitome of what hip hop should be. You shouldn't get out here and get mad and get upset and say, oh, he didn't like me, F him. I'm gonna go do what I want to do anyway. I'm gonna do what everybody's hopping to right now. That brother took that criticism or took the way I felt about some of his his current work and he's back at it. That's the grind for you. That is what hip-hop is about. It's not about saying, oh, I'm out here to make
1: this cash and this money now. It's for the love of the art. Peace and love. I'd like to give a couple shout-outs, first of all, always to my family. I had a very special day in my house on uh, December 2nd where uh, M, everyone knows who M is celebrated 15 years. You know, my daughter, she's a beautiful person inside and out. She uh, amazes me every second of every day. She's not only a scholar, she's an athlete. She is a great person inside and out. She's a singer. You know, she does everything she ever puts her hands on, she turns the goal. And she's always, always, always the head Of anything her name touches she's also a violinist she's first chair so like I said this young lady uh, in the future all I can say is um, y'all going to hear about her some way shape or form I'm very proud to say that she's my daughter happy birthday to her also like to give a shout out to a couple people Um, one one of my cats his name is Dame Brown He's an artist, uh, kind of like uh, what Det was just saying. He's another one of those grinders that we talked about before. Um, he's 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 out of the one five two one two. He's out of the Sixburg, you know, Lord of the Rings Steelers. P.S. Four for life. And it's another example of how when you keep grinding and you keep putting out, and you something's going to happen for you. Last and uh, definitely not least, uh, again, just want to say thank you and. Keep pushing the love. I am seeing in even different spots, not even on our webpage, I'm seeing just on random people's pages throughout Twitter, throughout Facebook, throughout Instagram, I'm seeing just on random people's pages about how they want that real hip-hop back. Whether they're referencing the Light Podcast, or they're referencing another uh, entity that's putting out, you know, information about the golden age of hip-hop and trying to basically reconnect hip-hop to his, to his roots, you know, everyone keep doing that. Because eventually the industry, the masses, are going to hear us. And then they're going to give the consumers, which is who we are, the product that, we're, that we want, which is this unadulterated alt- art form, not watered down. You know, let the 16th chapel be the 16th chapel. Don't, don't get involved in the music industry. Let these artists take over the way
0: that it should be. couldn't have said it better myself. I'll keep it short. I say uh, I want to give a big happy birthday to my my, my big little Cuz, Connor Pearson, doing a big out there in South Bend, Indiana. He's due up for a huge monster season uh, this year in basketball. Um, so, happy birthday, little Cuz. I also want to give a shout-out, as always, to Hip-Hop Golden Age. Uh, they go above and beyond. Again, as always, showing their love and support for the Light Podcast. We couldn't thank you more for everything that you've done to to get us into a position that we're in right now within the hip-hop community and lastly i want to say you know we live in the crazy world y'all i mean a lot of the things that's coming up in the news this past week and prior weeks with regards to you know the safety and security of of not just people in the united states but us as human beings in general in this crazy world that we live in you know um we gotta stay vigilant we gotta stay but more importantly we gotta stay peaceful so hopefully this podcast and the things that we talk about give you some solace for at least a couple hours, you know, as you deal with the madness that's out there in the world today. So for that, always I want to say thank you for tuning in and peace always. a Cloverdale, you know,
5: in the house. And in
4: and, uh, and Savannah G.A. house. Over. February 1st, 1975, it happened. Was born in West Savannah, way before I started rapping. My mama had a nigga at the age of 15. My daddy was selling that sack, now he's got responsibility. Stayed at me granny's while me mammy was at work, and she couldn't watch my every move, so did I start a around Fraser home down in the West Side Project, changing over bootsteps and hitting a liquid for sexy. I'm just a player like that. My jeans just sharply creased, I got a fresh white t shirt, and my cap is slightly pointed. E so flying, a floatin', a Roman's what I'm smoking. Shot is in my tape deck, I'm moving in slow motion. Why? So meet me deep in the streets, that's where I learned the capers. A slick and blunt, slick and lead rolling revo papers. I'm slightly slouching, the these off in my bucket, but the niggas around the ass. And the hoes, they love me. Yeah. They wanna be me and my family too. Because the money that I make be put and cable off in every room. So follow the fiends, follow my lead through the nooks and crannies. It's everyday life off in my hood, so come and holler at me. But go head on with that foolishness, bitch. Let me get lovely with my sir, because I'm true to this shit. And if you come in with eight dollars, you should out a look. Because the west side ain't taking no shouts So the down to five up. And it don't stop, and it don't quit like that. Like that, and like this, and it don't quit, and it don't stop, and it don't quit like that, and like that, like this. And, it and it don't stop, and it don't quit, It's like that, and See niggas in the south where go teeth and chains Been doing it for years so these niggas ain't gon' change They coming around the ghetto so you might call them so Been wearing furry kangos, so that shit is old. You might sling a rock or two just to pay the rent Five dollars for a table dance so now your money's spent You listen to that booty shake music in your trunk As long as there's that tick tick followed by that bump I'm down to stick a hoe It shit got a spring Cause the niggas in the point ain't changed Man, you might call us country but we's only southern, and I don't give a fuck. people spot this fuckin' and, and it don't I'll stop, my couch, and it don't quit the like that, the and the like Ooh. that like this, and it don't stop, and it don't quit like that, like that like this, and it don't stop, and it don't quit, like that and like that, and like, that and like this. And it don't it's like, like that like that like this and it don't stop and it don't quit it's like that and I. like that and like, this. like this and it don't stop and it don't quit like that and like that and like this and it don't stop Hold on, I'm about to call my girl. I'm about to see how weak your game is. Shut up, old sissy. You ain't even got one. Sissy? Call sissy. Shut up. Hello? What's up? What's up? Listen, get your ass in here. I gotta go. Hold up quick. Marks, Marks wanna know if he can get some cut-up. Some cut-up? Ain't no cut-up going here. i cut your
5: ass up.